0: Episode 43, The Promise of Death, Part 1.
1: Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Metreon, Kaya as Lilison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Arthur deer. You can catch The Horror Live every Saturday at 1pm Eastern, 10am Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now... Let's get right to Ravenloft. Hello everyone, and welcome back as always to Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top Gothic campaign. As always, I am Dragon Acarta, your host and DM, and thank you to everyone for joining us this week. Just so you know, a quick announcement, we will not be airing a new episode next week. Uh, just some assorted scheduling issues as you know just summer happens uh but we do hope to return on the following friday so we will see you in two weeks time from from this episode's release
2: saturday
3: yeah not friday sorry
1: saturday god my brain is just full of this absolute mess at the moment so thank you saturday not friday but yes so uh we will be getting back to you on that but in the meantime i think we are all ready to return to barovia and the amber temple so without further ado Let's get started with Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten.
4: A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Cyrillai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface.
5: In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metreon. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metreon the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely.
0: The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lillicen has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her.
3: Amity, a terrifying deviloid with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment.
2: Erthrendir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite gotten enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time. And welcome back.
1: So, moving right along, last we left off on Twice Bitten. Our party of unlikely heroes had made their way southward, journeying along the Solanka Pass, as they ascended toward the peaks of Mount Gacchus, are hoping to find... a secret, perhaps, to Strahd's origins, or just to his destruction. Seeking the amber temple that lay at the cliffs of the snowy alpine peak, they journeyed forth, passing through several hazards and challenges, and ultimately made their way to the facade of the temple itself. There, after a brief encounter with some mountain folk berserkers who had laired themselves within one of the exterior chambers, they made their way inside and prepared to do battle with a party of flame skulls that Casimir had warned them lurked in the chambers beyond. With Lillison's assistance in the form of a polymorph cast by Casimir, a strange beast forged of brambles and tinged with droplets of blood, the party easily destroyed the flame skulls that lurked there, dis- finally disintegrating their remains with Esmeralda's holy water. After further exploration, Kiva located a model of Castle Ravenlot that appeared to cleanly and perfectly depict the exterior of the structure, even as the rest of the party, among them Esmeralda, discovered a secret passage that led further into the temple. After stealing an enchanted ewer from a table in a room full of illusions, Metrion and the others were attacked by a sudden horde of agitated specters, an encounter that led to Metreon and Kiva falling from a collapsing crumbling balcony onto the dark temple floor far below. Suddenly Metreon was attacked by a strange mysterious assailant, perhaps located in the massive faceless statue that dwelled the center of the temple floor. As Amity through her own spiritual magic rescued Kiva and Metreon from below, Lillison still in her massive, bestial, uncontrollable form leapt to the temple, aiming to smash the statue's face, but some unseen, unexpected form of enchantment twisted her mind and forced her to flee from the temple through the front facade, with Erthrondir, Kiva, and the others following in swift pursuit. Together, the party fled the temple, regrouping outside, and as Casimir constructed a stone shelter through magic means, just against the cliff face outside, the group themselves turned in for a night's rest, preparing to restore and regain the resources and begin their delving and expedition into the dark temples shadows once more, the following morning. As they do, sinking deeper into the silent darkness of slumber, Amity You find yourself falling into restless sleep, and soon enough, you feel the familiar weight and chill of a dream sinking over you. You open your eyes, Amity, and find yourself standing in a vast, dark chamber. In a semicircle around you, you see dark shapes that glimmer with a faint amber light and then suddenly the light blossoms blooming into a eerie amber glow. You see altogether eighteen enormous blocks of amber in the shape of prisms, each one ten foot tall, arrayed around the chamber center, each one facing toward you silently. Within each box you see a small wisp of writhing shadow, but as you stare at each one turn, it twists, flaring out toward you and bursting into a strange, unsettling sight. You see in one amber block a swirling cloud of pox depicting the same faceless creature's flesh melting from its bones again and again as sickness eats away at the skin, muscle, and sinews below. You see from another one a pair of skeletal wings flaring and flashing, and a Speakable horror dwelling beneath. In another, you see a roaring face of fire that erupts like a volcano, screaming from the surface silently before being pulled back into the block. At the north end of the semicircle, however, you see standing three 15-foot tall blocks of amber that tower above the rest. You see here the same slivers of shadow, but these ones feel stronger, more vivid, more real than the smaller ones that surround them. Within the left side block, you see dwelling a massive spider forged of skulls, its carapace carved with profane runes. Within the right side block, you see what seems to be a strange sphere of milky gray with purple streaks across it and then suddenly trembling, you see one of the craters across its surface crack and begin to open revealing a baleful eye, a motion that is soon repeated by dozens, then hundreds across the sphere's aberrant surface. And then in the center, you see a dark, dark, bloated form. You can't make out the details, just the massive shadow that dwells within. And before this block, you see standing a humanoid shape the back, and the feature is cast in shadow so that you cannot make it out, but one hand you can see of this individual is outstretched toward this center block, hovering mere inches away from its surface.
3: Okay. Amity looks around, shakes her head, and, and pinches her nose, and then says, it, it's, it's not real. Um, is, is, is this a A dream? all right I, I i have to figure out what's going on she goes up to the middle um of the taller ones the one with that you the you most recently described with that big dark form she she knocks on it
1: all right you stand up to approach it knocking on it and as you do it it stirs at your touch You see beside you the silhouette of the individual still frozen in place, the fingers mere inches away. And then as you knock at the block of amber, you see it suddenly turn and swell, as though the shadow itself within the block of amber was growing, but then you realize it's not changing. It is unfurling, unwinding, as you see two enormous leathery wings spreading forth from a bloated, terrible, misshapen, Body, you see, as the wings pull away, fangs that glint wickedly in the amber light. You see eyes that blaze with crimson hostility and animosity, same color of blood in those terrible irises. And then slowly, you feel the weight of a of movement beside you, and out of the corner of your eye, you feel the sensation of this shrouded individual, this silhouette slowly turning toward you. For but a brief moment, you feel this strange sense of recognition, of familiarity, and then the darkness overcasts the facial features once more. The amber light glows to a shining crescendo and your eyes awaken. The dim gray light of the Peruvian morning.
3: Damn it! I I figured out it was a dream, and a, but it ended. Amity looks around. Uh, she'll try to fall back asleep. Just rest until everyone else is awake.
1: Uh, by now, it's approximately morning. Uh, you're up a little bit early, but you can see that uh, Casimir is already. Awoken from his trance, uh, Erethrindir and Kiva would probably be moving around if they would like to.
2: Um, Yep. You know, know, Ereth's not inside the house. You can see a trail of snowy footprints leading outside.
3: Okay. Um, In that case, Amity will follow the trail of footprints. Maybe ask Casimir for a quick firebolt for warmth.
5: Casimir
1: um, blinks and then points toward the fire. We uh, don't have much uh, wood left. I'd, I'd recommend uh, letting it burn out for now and to perhaps uh, try to recoup it in the morning. I'm afraid we'll have to put up with a few shivers, if you don't mind.
3: Emity sighs. Size. Um, looking around, are Metrion Kiva, Willison
5: awake right now?
0: Willison appears to be asleep.
5: Uh, Metreon is sand- oh, go on.
4: No, 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 you go first, you go first.
5: Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, Metreon is still asleep, frozen in position, squeezed in between, is Mark and Esmeralda.
4: Kiva's, uh, up at this point, um, just writing in her journal, keeping an eye on everyone. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it.
3: Good morning, Kiva. Well, hopefully it's a good morning. Amity peers over the trail of footprints. Erthundee appears to have walked off the edge of a cliff.
4: Well, that's not really a good way to start the morning, but, uh... Maybe you'll be able to draw him back up with the power of love.
3: A wooga, a waga. Amity does some, um, some fake chants. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that worked.
2: What are y'all making that racket for? Oh, so As Aerith pokes his head back inside the house, the tips of his ears very faintly blue beneath his hat, teeth chattering. Oh, uh, y'all are up. He gives Amity a brief brisk head hug. Morning. Hmm, you are cold. Good morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, everything is uh, cold. I was just trying to sketch some out in the snow, see if I could make a map of the places we've been thus far, and... Sketch out a plan for today. Speaking of which, you ready to go back in?
3: <laughs> I mean, I would never say yes to that, but yes.
2: Good, good. Yeah, no, I think I've got a plan at least for getting further in. I, if at least if Casimir still has all his spells.
3: Uh, I also have a plan for getting further in, though I need to do a, a morning seance first.
2: What you thinking? Or is it one of oh, those it... things where you'd like to be suitably dramatic? I can respect that.
3: <laughs> Mostly in a way so that we don't always have to go up to this thing like, should we touch it or not?
2: Oh, then by all means. Uh, do you need our help with it?
3: Um, I'll need two people.
2: Gotcha. Well, I'm happy to. And uh... I, I
3: mean, you. I know that you're somewhat freaked out by this kind of thing, so mm. it's okay. I can just get two other people if you. No,
2: want. no. I mean, if, if you wanna, that's fine. But. If I'm... There's suddenly a brief, brilliant blush. I mean, I'm presumably going to be living near or with you for a while, so
3: I should probably get used to it, you know? Amity sort of makes eye contact. Uh, This is a test um, sort of look. All right.
2: All right, so me and uh, one other. Kiva, you want to help?
4: Well, I had a lot of fun the last time you did a seance, so why not?
2: Oh, yeah, glad. Sweet. Uh, let me get... Earth pulls the seance candle out of his pack, wiping off a small bit of dried icing from the last time it's been used, and hands it to Amity. Whenever you're ready.
3: All right. Yeah, back inside the little makeshift igloo, Amity will... Um, go to start up a dramatic seance. See who she finds.
1: Okay. Uh, you lay out the assorted items, the burning candles around you in a small uh, circle, doing your best to clear away the snow, keeping them alight for the moment. You watch as, as you begin to sit at the circle and begin to pull in the power within you, feel that veil beginning to ripple at your ethereal touch. You watch as the candles flicker and turn to a deeper shade away from the familiar colors of embers and toward a reddish then purplish glow. As the three of you come together and begin your focus and concentration you slowly watch as the surroundings begin to fall away, the familiar walls of mist and fog beginning to rise around the perimeter around you, and slowly you see spirits, more than you expected, begin to step forward. As you do, you feel slowly as the temperature continues to drop your breath misting in the air. You hear the voices. The spirits slowly pressing themselves up against the walls. Faces of men, women. No children. Some others, but the strange thing that you notice in space around you is that almost all of them, well, perhaps have a good half to two thirds into wearing wizardly robes of similar make and style, their gazes dark and hollow, glaring emptily toward you as they reach their hands out, grasping as if attempting to push through the misty walls that obstruct their path. Scattered around them, you see a few others. You see individuals with sunken eyes and faces, scimitars and daggers at their sides. You see an assorted scattering of other mages and wizards It seems that this is a place of much arcane history. You hear them asking, what do you
6: wish for? Let us bestow our gifts.
3: Kind souls, Emily says. I would like one of you to inhabit a puppet for me.
1: You watch as slowly one steps forward, the mists parting to make way for them. They fix their gaze upon and you see this tall individual of slender build, wearing a small medallion that seems carved of finger bones, rusting just down against the top of the chest. Dark cloak, a small wand, a faint off-white, yellowed color that almost resembles the same tint as faded uh, aged teeth. The figure fixates their gaze upon you.
6: I am one who is capable of the thing that you ask for. Is the... What origin of puppet do you seek to make? A flesh of bone, or of dead material.
0: FLESH!
1: A small smile tugs at the spirit's lips and they reach out toward you offering the wand in your direction. And take my blessing.
6: Take my bestowal of my gift and let me feel the chill the world beyond running through my spirit again.
1: Their eyes widen, and the wand glitters faintly in the air before you.
3: Okay, A- Amity um, reaches for the wand, um, and says, says, um, Thank you. Enjoy returning to your old home if that is what this place is. Um, And she takes the wand. All right, the spirit does not answer,
1: but gives a small, wry smile and then dissipates into a fine mist, evaporating into the wand. You watch as slowly the wand begins to twist and bend, entwining around your flesh as though it is a strange tattoo of this strange yellowed bone-like color. And then suddenly... The mists dissipate, the ghosts receding, and the visage of the mountain returns, the howling winds and the cold. But this time, as you look down, you see that faint, spiraling tattoo of the bone-white wand upon your forearm.
3: And as Amity's eyes return to their golden color and the ground ceases its shaking and trembling, uh, the candles blow out at once, and the seance ends. How's uh, Earth and Kiva doing?
2: Earth has <laughs> the expression of someone who is. Really committed to sitting through this, but kind, of, but is freaked out all the while. Although he seems a bit more relaxed than he usually is during this, that—that that is to say, scrambled up against the edge of the circle and panicking. He looks over the tattoo on your arm with a hint of interest. That's new. It had not left
3: marks on you before, has it? Um, it—it it hasn't left marks. She sort of rubs it. Like one might rub a, a, blister or something. Um, it's not uncomfortable. Do you think it'll stay? I, I suppose if
2: it does, it does look kind of cool. So no harm in it. But <laughs> what? You're asking for a puppet, a flat What do you mean? Well, I like was that thinking.
4: The abut made the the the, the silka.
3: Oh, not like Basilica, no. I mean, maybe, like... Uh, I don't know if I know enough about Basilica to answer that. Um, you know, we know, we saw someone on the way in, didn't we? So I was thinking if we could get them to sort of pull all the levers we don't want to pull and touch all the magic buttons we don't want to touch. You want to raise a zombie.
4: Yeah! really smart.
2: Also terrifying.
4: I didn't know that bards could do that sort of thing.
2: To my knowledge, they can't. Well... Damn. Ah, uh, you know, normally I would be against this. That being said, that bastard Either owned or enchanted the staff that's been haunting my dreams lately. So, yeah, no, I think you can go for. Good luck. Uh, I hope we we don't run into anything that requires that. But damn, Amdi, you're getting powerful. Huh? <laughs>
3: uh, thanks. I I, huh, I I sort of thought you'd be against it. I was preparing this whole like thing about, you know, letting other people do the stuff that they're good at. But no, you're, you're, you're with me. That's great. I, I,
2: I'm, let me be clear. Morally, I am against it. But it's not my decision to make. Y'all have just as much a right to do stuff to make sure we stay safe as I do. If that means stuff that's going to compromise my morals a little bit, then I'll grip my teeth and get through it.
4: Kiva just sort of gives you, like, a little thumbs up behind uh, Deer, and just sort of mouths, like, well, they're not going to use it anymore, so we might as well.
2: Speaking of which, let's wake up the others. Assuming they slept through a seance, Metreon. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's down and out right now. <laughs> Earth looks over at Amitya twist of a smile. you want to get him, or shall I?
3: <sighs> I think
2: somebody oh, needs to dump. no, no, jump. no,
4: no, no, let me. I'll, I'll do it.
3: Oh,
5: by all means.
4: Kiva's going to um, activate the sun sword at full brightness directly in front of his face.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, his eyes are closed. Uh, They'll kind of wince though. uh, with... The uh, the peaceful darkness now being interrupted by m- very mild light. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, gonna wince and like squirm. Uh, uh, well, well, no, I don't want to. Good
4: morning, darling. Uh, it's not to get
5: going. We're going down the mountain, right?
4: Uh, no, apparently we're going back in, but oh. is like a little zombie guy to, Wait. like, do all the traps for us, so Wait, what? See, this is what happens when you sleep in in the morning
5: With that, yeah, uh, Metreon opens his eyes, but c- c- you're probably still holding the sword in front of his face so he, uh, kind of scoots back and knocks into Esmeralda a bit Uh, cause he was, of course a little spoon to Esmeralda Um, and, uh <coughs> oh, oh, God oh it uh, feels nice though Wait everybody yeah you talking about raising the dead
3: Oh, I thought you were asleep yeah, well, I
5: was but Kiva's filmed me in.
3: Oh, all right um
5: yep Wow I mean that, that's that's heavy stuff in it I mean that's that's powerful stuff.
3: I mean, not that kind of raised dead. Uh, just a type where you know they they shuffle around for a bit.
5: But still, that's that's intense. I mean, you're bringing something back to life, even if you're just animating it, uh, emanating it. <laughs> Get it? Yeah.
3: I mean, more more sort of giving something else a a little coil to shuffle around in. But okay, you know what? I'll I'll take it. I, I'm not going to reject your compliment. Thank you.
5: It's really more of a play on words, but yeah. Uh, and uh, Metro is going to look around. Uh, where's Lil at? She's rolling around and making snow angels. She's asleep, as far as I know. Oh. And uh, yeah, he'll look it's around.
4: Pretending. She does do that quite often. Yeah, he'll look
5: around and uh, kind of poke at Lilison's boot, see if she's alive.
0: Lilison is, like, bundled up in uh, her bedroll, uh, which is almost entirely covered under like a snow drift by now. Um, but, you know, as her boot pokes out and Metreon prods it, her foot wiggles a little bit and a little noise emanates from, you know, the hidden pile of snow and bedroll that sounds a little bit like, you know, a very small half elf girl trying to imitate the sounds that a very large bramble beast makes.
5: Oh, she thinks she's a big old uh, tree gorilla.
2: Well, at least we know what she's dreaming about.
5: I've seen dogs do this; uh, they, they like uh, bat their paws and, and bark, thinking they're like chasing a carriage or a horse.
2: I think she's tearing apart the bones of the uh, tearing apart the bones of the weak and lamenting in their destruction.
5: I mean, I think she does that anyway.
2: Well, yeah, but. Earth just kind of shakes her harder. Lil, we gotta move. Um. The sooner you get up, the sooner we get back into the cool temple full of Eldritch power.
5: The soon you get to be a giant, uh, Bramblebeast.
4: I thought we agreed we weren't doing that again.
5: Yeah, I think we were keeping that as an emergency. It's all fine. Maybe like a medium-sized Bramble beast then.
0: And if it was really cool... Fine. And, uh, she rolls about a little bit, and, you know, a big portion of the snow just kind of, like, shifts and, uh, like, falls off of her in one big slab.
1: You hear Casimir clear his throat as he kind of steps forward and kind of glances quickly at Lillison. Well, uh, I did prepare the spell this morning, so perhaps not the, uh, same recipient or the same form, but... If need be, I do have an assortment of options. Uh, should we require a similar combatant, uh, some form of flight perhaps? Um, just let me know.
0: Thank you, Casimir.
1: He gives a nod and uh, returns to study his spellbook.
2: book. looks over the now awake grouping and claps his hands. All right, so I've been coming up with a plan. It's, so, first things first, it's pretty obvious to everyone that we need to keep any visits to the room with that statue a minimum, right?
5: When you say that, uh, visibly invisibly shudders.
2: Yeah, yeah, seconded. I've been thinking, and while I, we've only seen that person cast suggestion in a fireball or two, I don't want to take the risk even if they aren't are just as powerful as say me from a fortified position a sphere of magical darkness they can pick us off one by one before we can do much about it
5: it's not just that um and you know maybe maybe I was just in my head uh you know dealing with uh getting chased by a bunch of ghosts but um when I was in that room uh that big old statue I, I couldn't see much of its face or nothing but i f- felt familiar i don't know it... like
2: the 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 old boss maybe
5: um when I, mean, I wasn't there enough to really digest it and uh again you know running for my life uh getting hit with uh bolts of magic and shit uh didn't really have time to process it, but definitely got a feeling that, that I knew some of it, but... Wait, I... er,
2: what you say that he, he said his name was, or what Eva said his name was?
5: Uh, Eva called him, uh, what was it, uh, Undying King?
2: Right, right. Uh, Kaz, have you heard of anything like that? As Aerith also uh, tries to think if he's heard of anything like that.
1: Uh, sure. I would say you can make your choice of uh, religion, arcana, or history check. Uh, the DC will be different for each one.
2: Alrighty. Going for arcana. Great. 12.
1: Alright. uh rolled a 23 on his arcana. Gonna- uh, he dear, you're not sure about anything, but Casibird nods, frowning. I've heard the moniker before. It's not overly familiar to me, but uh, from what I've heard, it describes a a lord, or perhaps a a god of secrets of some kind. Um, A guardian of forbidden, some say profane knowledge and ancient lore.
5: Yeah, that sounds about right. So you felt that presence here? not, not, maybe not the presence, but maybe like the shadow, or like, uh like the memory oof
2: well, I suppose, from what we saw of Amity's seance, a bunch of folks have been through here, I guess it makes sense that a bunch of wizards would truck with a god like that
5: yeah well, uh, at any rate, um in the Grants, we, uh Try to keep out of that room as much as possible, if it's possible. Yeah,
2: yeah. So here's what I'm thinking: as Earth leads everyone out into the snow and the crude diagram he's drawn on the ground, so there's two obvious doorways we never took. We never took, but uh, there's a decent chance that to get further into the temple, we're gonna need to go through that doorway that was on that balcony that collapsed. What I was thinking was that Casimir, you could use that spell that you used to make this house to create a box of sorts where that we could walk across and through that would be walled off against that room so we could you know walk into that door without that thing being able to hit us you think you could do that
1: he frowns nodding i could certainly do so though out of curiosity just from the look of the statue did we didn't see any openings or other sort of arrow slits from uh ...from the back or the sides, that it might have been... In, ...that whatever's inside, if there is something, might have been able to hit us, right? I mean, Ooh. when you were on the balcony, it didn't attack you, right?
2: Uh... ...don't think so. Lilson, did you see, see anything while you were in a... ...that mode?
0: Did
1: I see anything? Uh, you did not see anything. Uh, I will say that you did not feel any holes on the side of the head. Although those were visible, those were not, you know, in darkness. Um... Uh, At the front of the head, you felt like two eye holes. Um, Right. But... I mean, you haven't... Yeah.
0: Well, um... I can say for certain that where the eyes of the statue should have been, there were two large holes. But all around, the rest of the statue seemed... seemed quite solid. And I still think... I still think if we absolutely must. We could just... crunch the top of the statue off and uh, see what's inside.
2: Good to know. Alright, in that case, we might not need to bother with the whole affair. Just either use a spell or lay across some planks of wood or something and just rush across as quick as we can.
0: And as quietly, I think.
2: Ideally. Does that sound acceptable to everybody?
5: Yeah, it's fun by me. Uh, whatever, get us in and out quickly, quickly.
2: Yep. All right, gang. Earth raises his wand in a mock-like troop leader posture. Let's march.
5: Right. Do you need when...
4: those little ranger pants to do
5: that? Yeah. Well, are you wearing them underneath those those winter clothes pants? No, thank you. Those are hideous.
2: If I'm not going to wear them unless I need them, thank you.
5: Oh, you see yourself. We might find some gold and uh, treasures and stuff. You might need those extra pockets and stuff for me.
2: Earth looks like he's actually stopping to consider this before he realizes he's mocking him and just sort of stomps away into the snow,
5: hopefully. Metreon smiles, but uh, as he, as Aerithrondir steps out, um, he will very quickly flash his head back towards Casimir, and if you get us into any more shit, and uh, with his hands
1: up, uh, just a gesture of innocence, eyes wide.
5: Uh, yeah, Metreon just kind of uh, wiggles his fingers, and as he does, this kind of uh, shimmering uh, whitish gold light kind of flickers between the... Come on, yeah. He gives
1: a nod. Uh, behind him you see Irene and Ismark uh, getting their things together and following up in line. You see Davian kind of shaking some of the snow off of his cloak and pulling it over his shoulders, spitting into the snow, and then taking up the rear. Are you all heading back in through the fissure? I guess we are. Okay. With that, uh, with perhaps your dotier members leading the way, you venture forward back into the small cave-in at the western side of the temple facade there squeezing in one by one through the narrow crevasse horizontally as you make your way back into the chamber of mountain folk once again it is silent in here, quiet but as you step through into this area once more you feel again settling over your shoulders this sense of unease this kinds of oily discomfort that drips down your shoulders and makes your stomach swirl and feel queasy you can't help but feel as though there's a darkness here that's watching you and every second you remain the hairs on the back of your neck tingle just a little bit
5: it feels like someone's turning butter at my stomach so listen uh there was a a big old great amber door uh just up the hall, uh and it seems to be in the opposite direction of that room so maybe it's worth checking out Doors didn't seem trapped
4: i think we should probably try to hit as as many rooms as we can um as quickly as possible so that seems like as good a place to start as any
5: right and there's another door i didn't check though it's right outside i don't know if if it's worth going into but i mean if we're trying to check everything and just make a sweep then yeah probably should well we
0: should and let us be cautious about it as well
2: well good news is we've got amity's new uh friend to help us with some of that
5: wait it she already summoned it no not yet
3: oh Yeah, um, he's he's right through this door. I mean, does anyone have a, a a name suggestion?
2: I'd prefer we not get sentimentally attached to the meat puppet we're using as essentially a, essentially a shield.
3: All right, meat puppet works. Be- <laughs> All Allison's right.
0: Wilson's eyes widen at this discussion that she was not there for earlier, and after a moment, she decides to just nod and accept it. You wait, could just, wait, wait!
5: You could just combine the two and just call it a muppet. I'm fine with that. Sure.
4: Looks muffled. over at Lilison and and just sort of like uh gives the you know you okay look. Lilison shrugs and nods.
2: Or er, actually, before you get that thing, um, Lilison, would you mind using your mage hand to take that staff off of him? I don't want that falling along with us.
0: Ah oh, yes. Um, do you want me to put that somewhere?
2: I. Uh, Earth looks around and kind of, like, points at the deepest corner of this room, just over there, where we're not going to touch it on accident.
0: Uh, oh, all right. She's going to move up to the doors.
1: Okay. You see there on the ground the charred corpse of the man left here, perhaps by the Flameskull's aftermath, and you see up against the side of the west wall, Uh, where Earthrendir had kicked it the previous day the uh, staff with the frost crystals upon it a few feet away from the corpse
0: Lillison will look at the staff for a couple of moments a brief calculating expression flits over her face but she just casts her mage hand and directs it to go and uh, hover near the staff first does it do I get a foreboding sense of doom?
1: Uh, I mean, you don't get a foreboding sense of doom. But just to confirm, were you looking to move it away from the corpse because it's all Arthunder already kicked it away? Uh,
2: oh, oh! Game. In that case, it's fine. No, Lilith is yeah. rather Lillison violently is, now,
0: Lillison is now looking to pick up the staff with her mage hand.
1: Okay, uh, you reach down and grasp the staff of the mage hand, picking it up covers a few inches off the ground.
0: Okay. Um Lilliston is going to think about this for a moment and then uh, carefully move the staff to prop it up against this corner. Uh ah I we do not have a a paint.
1: Nope, you're good. Thing. Just uh close to you at the far end where you're looking for it.
0: Uh in the corner Directly to the right of where Lillison currently is.
1: Uh, sure. Sounds good. It just kind of settles there with a soft clack against the stone floor and amber walls. She
0: looks at Amity. Um, is there something in particular that you need to do to... And she gestures with her hand and also her mage hand towards the charred corpse on the ground.
3: Um, well, Emmy uh, sort of kneels beside the charred corpse and presses the, the tattooed arm into its chest. Um. And chants the spell, animate dead.
1: Okay, you take a few moments to begin summoning up the power for the spell. And as you do the, those around, you can see that the shade of your iris slowly turns to a dark purple, so deep that it's almost black. You watch it slowly from the ground around you, a soft mist begins to rise, stirring and spiraling around your form, in a soft and gentle loop that slowly ascends like a helix toward the top of your head from the bottom of your feet. And as the incantation continues, reaching the peak of the spell, a chill wind begins to blow, ruffling your clothes, Chilling those around you, and those watching can see as the spiraling mist slowly resolves into the form of a shrieking skull, a spirit condensed. Suddenly, as you release the power, there is a crackle, a bolt of black lightning that lances out from the center of your palm into the chest of the corpse, and the spirit shrieking at that exact moment dives into the chest alongside your hand. Slowly, you watch as like a puppet whose strings have just been reconnected. The corpse slowly begins to twitch and stir. The charred remains pulling themselves up into a rough sitting position as your hand pulls away. Eyes lidless, the lids having been burned away in the flames, staring Hollowly forward.
3: Welcome, Emily says. Um, <laughs> First things first, uh, shall we have Muppet here retrieve that magic jug, see if he can do it without making any ghosts mad this time?
5: Maybe on the way back. And you see that uh, Metron is just uh, staring at this reanimated corpse uh, with just this horrified look on his face, but also I mean, just fascinated. Yeah, he's not alone.
0: I mean, I think it would be a good test to see uh, things like manual dexterity and uh, uh, fine control of the form. Lillison is looking at this thing with uh, an expression of calculated appreciation. <laughs>
3: M- Muppet, do five jumping jacks.
1: The corpse gives you a look for a small moment, and then gives a almost imperceptible nod, and then, with very little dexterity whatsoever, as you feel this kind of psychic tug at the back of your mind, and you feel this faint, ethereal, unearthly chill whispering back through the bond that you now have to this undead entity, the zombie slowly raises its charred, slightly stiff from rigor mortis arms over its head and begins doing five very um, sloppy, but complete jumping jacks.
5: I think that's just worse. You can actually it's... see the
1: flesh were just kind of like sloughed off in places from the burning, kind of like slapping against the skin, this kind of like wet sound like you know slapping a slightly mushy rotten banana against the floor it's fairly unpleasant
5: yeah metron could puke right now but he's gonna hold it in and uh just kind of walks past like keeping his distance and very much uh keeping an eye on this thing as to not get too close to it or to make sure it doesn't make any sudden movements uh but then he'll start to head out in the hall uh, towards that first door and check. He, uh, and I want to check and see if there's any traps or anything like that. Or if it's locked.
1: Alright, so is Metron moving forward or just asking Amity to?
5: Uh, oh, Metron is. I'm sorry. I'll move my token.
1: Okay. Alright. So you move forward, stepping just beside your. Stinking friend, the stench is pretty bad Um Well actually now that I think about it Given that it has been up here in the cold The decay hasn't set in quite as badly As you might have feared But the sight is pretty loathsome to look at Um, you're going for the door?
5: Uh yes, I just want to check and see if it's Either locked or trapped, anything like that
1: Uh Make an investigation check for me
5: Uh, lovely ten
1: does not seem to be trapped.
5: Uh, does it like seem to be, be locked? The door
1: uh, does not seem to be locked. There does not seem to be any locking mechanism. Just a handle of sorts. Like,
5: uh, handle,
1: but like it is a small indentation that you can kind of put your fingers in. Uh, like you get, you get the sense that those who built this place, given the massive blocks of amber in place of normal wooden doors, had this very kind of like Stone Age Gothic vibe to the whole architecture. Yeah,
5: it, Got it. Uh, so yeah, Metron will move back and uh, point to Amity, and like gesture towards the door.
3: Um, all right, Muppet, lead the way. Um, Amity says, pointing at the door. Okay.
1: The the zombie. Let me check something real quick. I need to check something on its character sheet. okay uh, the zombie slowly moans this kind of guttural groaning that bubbles from his throat steps forward and pushes against the door and looks faintly surprised when the door does not open uh, Metron you recall that this is a pull door a what? this is a pull door you have to pull it out toward you the zombie just kind of like walking against it like a, uh, like a Roomba pushing against a closed door
5: Oh God! <laughs> uh, the visual—it has three intelligence. Yeah, the visual is great. Um, Metron will roll his eyes and uh, walk up behind it, very squeamishly, and uh, kind of trying to avoid getting his body anywhere near the, the Muppet. He's gonna pull the door open.
1: Okay, the door opens, uh, leaving the way clear for our Muppet friend. Um. With the way now opened, uh, he, she, it... What, what pronouns does your Muppet prefer, Amity?
3: Um, I guess... Deer said don't take it too personally, so so maybe just it?
1: Alright, works for me. Uh, this is it the Muppet. The Muppet, if you will. Uh, it steps into the room. Um, pauses there for a moment, just staring hollowly forward. It doesn't seem to die a terrible death.
3: Another one you mean.
1: Well, yes.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Voila, the way is clear.
2: That is actually useful. Thank thank you, Amdi. That's this was a really good idea. Earth's going to step forward and peek inside to see what's in that room.
1: Peering in, you see that stone blocks resembling tables stand in the center of this room that's covered in dust. Carved into the stone walls, you see niches filled with hundreds of dusty bottles, and cobwebs hang from wooden ladders that lean against the walls.
2: Uh, bottles? Bottles of what?
1: You can take a closer look if you'd like. I shall. All right, Well, he's doing that, what's everyone else doing?
5: Uh, Metran's watching uh, but we'll slowly approach the threshold of the door and just kind of keep his eye on everything
4: same yeah. with Kiva okay. it's just there as sort of like emotional support <laughs> yeah,
5: Aerith is doing
3: best to investigate will so, would help him investigate uh...
5: mm-hmm.
1: okay uh, the two of you together just kind of begin to peruse the shelves inspecting each one of them in turn Uh, they do appear to be um, again, there are hundreds of these dusty glass bottles and through several of them you see small uh, faded bits of desiccated dust or old stains Uh, make an arcana check for me, either one of you gotcha Uh, if you're proficient with it 24 Uh, okay, you recognize these as, I mean, just looking at them, they seem to be the remnants of some kind of mixture of sorts. Um, you know, this kind of, you know, silt at the bottom, the desiccated, dried remains. Uh, given your own history and the uh, arcane individuals and practices that you've known, these are likely the dried up remains of potions.
2: Earth's like, previously disgusted expression kind of starts to turn as he steps away from Muppet. They had a a potion brewery in here? I I wonder if these were experimental mixtures, or some sort of... Or if they were- if this was a storehouse, but... Yeah, you've got the work tables, you've got- oh my goodness! Oh, that's... Huh. Shame any ingredients probably would have long since rotted away by now, and it doesn't look like there's any left over. I presume there's none left over.
1: At this point, uh, you hear a uh, uh, soft, sharp sound from Esmeralda from the southern room. Hey, well, take a look at this. I found something interesting as well. When you get the chance.
2: Is there anything else of interest in here?
1: Uh, make a perception check.
2: Alrighty. May I argue investigate? No, I can't. No, I may not. Six
1: uh nothing that you notice now
2: all right nothing nothing to note in here y'all
0: lillison reluctantly leaves behind the uh staff that she had been kind of darting surreptitious glances at and moves over near to esmeralda what did you find
1: she gives you a look kind of pointing along the uh southern wall it was a bit more difficult to spot Uh, i didn't see it yesterday because we just passed through so quickly but you see here on, on the ground, uh, beneath the uh, footsteps and I see scratches along the floor here in sort of a quarter-circle pattern. I think there's another hidden door
4: here.
2: Interesting. Can Aerith well, step? Go ahead. Is
4: the size of not a gorilla, we could probably go through hidden doors today.
2: Yeah. Earth is... is going to step forward and see if he can't find the joins of the hidden door on the wall.
1: Uh, go for it. Uh, give me an investigation check or a perception check. Your choice. 20. 20. Uh, you easily find a mechanism set in the molding of the lower uh, three and a half feet of the wall and kind of pushing you through a small click and a hidden door drifts a few inches open. Would you like to Proceed inside.
2: Uh he would like to let Muppet take it first, but yes. After that, absolutely.
3: Um, alright, go ahead, Muppet. Yeah, Muppet's gonna uh march on down. Whoop.
1: Alright. Esmeralda will step aside to make way for Muppet. And uh with the door already open, Muppet can easily push open this door. That does not tax its intellectual prowess too highly, and open the way to the room beyond. would Muppet like to step in?
3: Um, yeah, Muppet steps into the room, but doesn't do anything in particular.
1: All right. Peering in after Muppet, you see that a small chamber, perhaps 10 by 20 feet across and dark, just faintly illuminated by the glimmers of the torchlight and, uh, the sun sword beyond. Um, you see that carved into the south walls of this dusty space are cylindrical holes fit for scrolls or maps there's no sign of any actual scrolls or other parchment themselves
5: mm.
3: no and sign calls... as in they go ahead oh it just calls them up bit back a little to let other people investigate
2: no sign is in like there's only desiccated remains or no sign is in they've all been taken out
1: you give it a closer look briefly um it seems that many of these cylindrical holes are just full of dust you can barely make out if you take a closer look uh you know, sweeping uh, any light over it. Just small bits of desiccated parchment, uh, but any ink has long since faded. There's nothing left here but ancient remains.
2: All right. Well, looks like there's nothing much in here. Just an old scroll library.
4: That counts as nothing much.
2: There's, I mean, there's nothing in there.
4: I um, keep that secret.
2: Uh, presumably because the scrolls that were in there were secret, but either they took them out or they got destroyed by who knows how many years' worth of age. Though we are—it is giving me the sense that this place was... established. If you've got a dedicated potion-mixing library, a secret scroll cubby, they—this was something back when it was in its prime.
0: Yes, an organization rather than just spooky wizards up in the mountains. Now, like
4: another Argonvas told, do you think it was like a a guild or something that controlled up here?
2: That's a very real possibility. Guild of wizards.
4: Maybe Are you, way,
3: someone said the word guild.
4: For, right?
2: dark room filled with bottle oh and Earth like takes off at a run back to the potion mixing room but wait no that's not a tomb unless like metaphorically (sighs) damn it I was very excited for a second
0: Casimir
1: he gives you a nod.
0: I know that um, you did not have particular knowledge of this place, but way back in the day, did you know what the reputation of this place was?
1: His eyes go wide and he shakes his head. Uh, forgive me if I hadn't made myself clear. I, I had no knowledge of this place uh, until many years after the mists first fell around the territories, by the first time I came up here it had been abandoned for, well, I can't quite say, but it's looked like this uh, ever since I first visited it.
5: I can't can't imagine how
1: many centuries or perhaps even millennia old this place is. It predates me by far.
0: But you never heard of uh, a guild of wizards or anything of that sort?
1: if they did exist, which I imagine is fairly likely considering what we found here today, they weren't extinct long before my time.
4: She nods Wait a moment. If it, if it predates you, then when did the tiny model of Strahd's castle get put in here?
2: That's a very good question.
4: Kiva gives Metrion a look that's like, we could be catching him in a lie right now, but doesn't outwardly threaten Casimir. But that is suspicious.
5: Uh, yeah, Metreon keeps looking back at Muppet uh, in morbid fascination, but then she, he notices you looking, and then he'll look at uh, Casimir in the same way, but then his eyes will trail back to Muppet.
2: Well, I suppose none of this is what we're here for, anyway. Shall we keep moving?
5: Yes, let's. Next door. i where are you headed? Uh, I'll lead them to the door that I uh, went and investigated uh, last time we were inside.
1: Okay. Are you bringing uh, Muppet?
5: Muppet's always coming, of course.
1: You make your way following Metron into a twenty-foot-long, ten-foot-high hallway that's just bare stone on the walls, and there's an amber door at the far end.
5: And is this a pusher-pull door?
1: Uh, this one is also a pull door uh, for fire safety reasons.
5: Got it. I like that warning. Um, uh, Emily, can you direct Muppet to pull the doors open?
3: Um, Alright, yeah, um, Amity's perfectly happy to relay these uh, commands to Muppet and Muppet goes ahead to pull the door open.
1: Alright, with sufficient uh, direction, uh, the handling and the fine motor control is fairly clumsy, but after a few moments Muppet kind of manages to grasp its uh, frozen desiccated fingers around this small indentation where a handle should be and pull as the door Rumbles open, revealing the space beyond. Metron, you'd like to take a closer, closer look? Or is our friend going to test for traps
5: again? Uh I'll step in, but I'll let I'll give room to Muppet so it can uh, check out the stairs.
1: Alright. As you step in, you see that what lies beyond is thick dust, covering a landing and staircase that descends into shadow. A thick miasma seems to to hang over the darkness below. A sense of cold, looming, almost patient evil that takes that prickling of your skin, the churning of your stomach, and accentuates it, amplifying it until you can feel your heart beating fast in your chest. That weight of being watched only doubles.
5: Uh, yeah, I'll I'll make room for a Muppet and it can start to go down the stairs. And, uh, I'll wait at the top of the steps with the others, just in case it explodes.
1: Alright. Uh, that'd work for Amity?
3: Of course. Uh, careful on the stairs. Don't take a tumble.
1: as you'd like, Muppet uh, begins moving forward down the staircase taking each step, again, somewhat clumsily somewhat slowly, Muppet is not the most speedy of undead but making its way down the stairs into the shadows of what lie beyond
5: I want to stand like maybe 15-20 feet behind him uh, probably for most of the way Uh, but I'd like to do so stealthily just in case it does trigger something Uh, I'm not seen. <laughs> hopefully.
1: Okay. Uh, so far, nothing hap- seems to happen to Muppet. Um, Enter sure if you'd like. You're falling behind. You said.
5: Yeah. So yeah, what I was saying though is just for the sorry for the duration of this, I want to stay at least like 15, 20 behind him. And uh, but I want to do so stealthily. So if you need me to make stealth rolls or a stealth roll, uh, let me
1: know. Sure. Give me a give me a just standing stealth check. I'll say to kind of lurk in the shadows. Good.
4: Should Kiva turn off the sun sword before you do that? Because she's following close to you.
5: Oh yeah, probably.
4: She will do so. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Okay. Uh, with that, you watch as slowly Muppet vanishes into the darkness of the staircase below.
5: And that's a 19 on the stealth roll.
1: Alright. Metron, you continue to follow looking as the staircase kind of bends southward. Uh, I'm guessing the yeah, others a following.
2: Uh, before he goes, Erthrendir's remembering these arrow slits is going to take a cursory look outside, out into the central chamber, see if there's any sign of movement from the big statue, or if, you know, there's a ravening horde of flame skulls coming to kill us all.
1: Make a perception check with disadvantage, please.
2: Alrighty. Seven.
1: you can barely you can see just faintly in the cone of your dark vision uh, at the very breadth of it uh, the, one of the large stone fingers of the statue but beyond that there is just an imperceptible murky dark you can kind of see the what seems like a the, the stone floor far below you can just faintly make out the outline of one of the massive pillars in your peripheral vision this kind of dark fuzzy shape that towers from the floor to the ceiling But beyond that, it is nothing that you can make out. This place is big.
2: He shudders and then turns to follow the others.
3: Okay.
1: With that, uh, I presume the rest of you are following... uh, Well, actually, uh, Metron and uh, our undead friend are the first to arrive. So, let me just... Make one quick adjustment. Okay. So, with that, Metreon, you watch as Muppet makes its way down to the bottom of the staircase and stands there, almost somewhat hesitantly, at the very base in the darkness. Peering around the corner, you see that the staircase appears to open up into a larger chamber, corridor, perhaps. You can see alcoves faintly on the opposite wall that seem to contain something in them, but you can't quite make out from this distance.
5: How big it are the alcoves? Be,
1: uh Not large, perhaps three feet across or so, maybe a foot, foot and a half deep.
5: Okay, Um I'll let uh, I'll let Muppet move out ten feet and then I'll come down the stairs.
1: Uh, Muppet has stopped. Uh he was oh. instructed to it was instructed to go down the stairs and it has done so.
5: Got it. All right.
3: Amity's going to sort of follow along to get within line of sight of the Muppet.
1: Okay. Very good. I'm assuming everyone else is moving with Amity. Yep. Alright, let's get everyone moved it's downstairs.
4: Three, uh...
1: And uh Lola, so you're keeping pace with them?
0: Lillison is keeping pace approximately at the level of the NPC's way in the back.
1: All right, they will slowly move down and join you momentarily, but if the rest of you would like to begin taking a closer look.
3: Um, Muppet, go inspect those weird things on the opposite side of the hall. Can anybody actually see this?
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, you can just see Muppet slowly clumsily making its way forward um it's incredibly dark in here uh though with your dark vision you can just faintly see now as the view comes forward what lies beyond you can see that glistening amber coats the walls and ceiling of this enormous hall like sculpted honey and dust covers the black marble floor the vaulted ceiling is 25 feet high set into the walls at a height of five feet are amber ledges lined with life-sized alabaster statues of cats frogs hawks owls rats ravens snakes, toads, and weasels. Many of the statues have fallen off their perches and lie shattered on the floor. You can see that to the south, a door lies closed and looking to the left, you can just faintly see that two other doors carved of amber to the west stand closed.
5: This may not be the time to ask, uh, but I feel like Randy, you'd know. What the hell is amber? How did they get so much of it?
2: For the first question, it's usually the fossil usually the fossilized sap of a tree. How they got so much of the stuff, I have no earthly idea. Like, it's not exactly the sort of thing. Well, it's not even a traditional building material. It's incredibly brittle. It's more relevant for archaeology, for preserving things without flaw. So I don't know where they got this quantity.
5: Should not look brittle? The Metron's going to step out and get a little bit closer to Muppet uh, to see what's in the alcoves.
0: Are we certain it is amber and not some sort of colored glass that people just say is amber because it sounds more mystical?
5: Uh I suppose not. Which way are we going then?
2: Earth will take a entreating step forward and point to the door closest to the crew. Think that's it. One behind me? Uh. Oh, right. There's one behind me. Yeah, he'll point to that one. Oh, did not see that. Uh,
5: oh, until... Muppet. And uh, Metron will... Well, not knowing or realizing that Amity is the only one who controls Muppet, will yell at Muppet to get to the other door. Um.
3: Yeah, do what Metron said. Uh, Metron means the southern door, right?
5: Yes.
1: Uh, Muppet's going to open this one, I gather? Yes. Alright. As it reaches forward toward the indentation where the handle lies in the door and kind of clumsily pulls, the door doesn't budge more than a half centimeter. It As it locks into place beneath the Muppet's strength, you see suddenly operating into view, binding it in the shape of an X across its surface, emerging from the amber of the door itself. A set of Glowing, intangible chains of ethereal amber light that themselves are suffused with shimmering, crackling, blue black veins. They seem to bind the door into place.
2: Does Earth recognize that effect?
1: Make an arcana check for me. 20. It seems to be some kind of arcane lock. Though you're not entirely certain where the uh, uh, the kind of blue-black energy is coming from, though it could just be an artifact of Barovia.
2: Oh, goodness. They wanted this one to stay closed. Intriguing. There's no... It's only the arcane lock keeping it closed, right? There's not a physical lock mechanism.
1: There does not seem to be, no.
2: Alright. Earth rolls up his sleeves and then immediately rolls them back down as the cold sets into him. Alright. I'm gonna see if I can't dispel this. And he will cast a spell magic.
1: Okay. You watch as the wisp of mist spills forth from your hands whirling around these chains, and then with a soft sound like a sigh dissolving them into a fog that slowly melts down toward the floor.
3: The door is unbound.
2: <sighs> I hope there aren't too many more of those. That's, uh, not easy.
3: I've bad news. I dreamed about maybe 15 of them.
5: Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, what,
0: what else did you drink of? Did you dream of?
5: Yeah, 15 or what? Um, basically
3: nothing. There were just, you know, 15 big amber rectangles, prisms. In were there actually 15 of them? I might have the number wrong. In a circle. There were
1: 18 uh, smaller ones. I say small. They were almost twice your height. And then uh, three ones of similar make, but larger than the rest. Yeah, and, and so just like...
3: So in total. Just like that one, there were these weird shimmering shapes inside, like a skeleton... Or an, an orb.
4: Some kind of uh, preservation, maybe? Uh, a way to... I don't know. What would you use amber for?
5: Maybe for, like, coffins. Yeah. I mean, this would... This, or, hey, uh, uh, if this is a crypt, I mean, if there's coffins, this is a crypt, right? Maybe the thing we're looking for is here.
4: I think this is as good a place as any, to put it.
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's gotta be right. Yeah, tomb of a guild member. Gotta
2: find the one full of bottles, though.
5: Right, well, you know, me and bottles, uh, no, no trouble there. I'll keep my eye on it. All right.
2: and Earth lets Curiosity overtake Prudence and pulls the door open. Okay.
1: The door is pulled open. Revealing the space beyond. You see that this room has amber-glazed walls, a floor of grayish marble with black veins, and three amber sarcophagi standing in alcoves.
2: Yeah, it's those coffins like you dreamed about.
3: Oh, I, yeah, never mind. I thought I thought it, the dream meant the door, but those are much more literal. How <laughs> many um, gets closer? Are there little, like, shadowy, little shivery shapes in them? You peer inside,
1: kind of taking a closer look. It is difficult to make out of the darkness of the room. Are you bringing any sort of light source around
3: here? Um, uh, can, before, can that, that oh. nice. uh, before that... Oh, nice. Before that, Muppet, maybe just go in the middle, <laughs> see if anything kills you. All right.
1: Again. Muppet takes a few steps in pausing, kind of making a small circuit in the room. Nothing untoward appears to happen.
2: Well, Earth takes a tentative step inside. Can, yeah, can wait, now that he's, he'll strike a match and light his lantern, holding it up at the amber sarcophagi. Can he see what's trapped inside these?
1: He can. In fact, looking around at the interior within, you can just faintly see, in the first one to your right, a small sliver, a wisp, almost too slight to be noticed, but present and solid, somehow more so than the amber that surrounds it. A small wisp of pure darkness that writhes and jitters almost excitedly beneath the weight of your lantern.
4: Can Kiva use her um, magic awareness here?
1: Uh, sure. uh, You're just looking to detect magic. What does that do exactly?
4: Actually, I lied. I'm going to use divine sense because she okay. feels like this place is a little spooky Um, So I will put that in chat for you so that you can see what it is.
1: Thank you very much.
4: She just sort of, like, closes her eyes and um, the scars, like, sort of glimmer a little bit more. Um, and is just trying to see, like, general vibe check of the room.
1: Okay, you slowly peer through the door, uh, looking at each of these sarcophagi in turn. From the right one, there's a strange sense of blurring. In fact, you feel a strange contortion of arcane forces swirling in your senses. It's almost bewildering as you feel them overwhelm you. From the right-hand sarcophagi, uh, the one that Earthredeer Staren stands beside, you feel a strange mixture of divinity, a celestial aura tinged and burning with a sensation of undeath. In the southern alcove, you feel a sensation of a faint celestial aura as well, but tinged with something noxious and dark and unsavory. And in the Eastern alcove, you feel a combination of a celestial aura that is burning with fiendish energy.
4: Does she get the the like, that that smell of like evil, or is it sort of a more neutral All vibe? three
1: of these are incredibly unpleasant senses. These are not, whatever is inside of these sarcophagi, it's not a trio of
4: Girl Scouts. Kiva will um, just sort of like come into the room and she's not gonna do this in a way to like startle Aerithrondir, but she's just going to very carefully say, um Whatever is in those is not good, and I would suggest maybe not exposing yourself to them for too long. There's something off in all of them.
2: He turns to her, his eyes wide and curious, and then he sees the expression on her face and swallows dryly. Okay. Okay. And he will step back out of the room. They're... Oh, goodness.
4: They're definitely holding something. Uh, yeah. I could get... It wasn't really clear altogether. It It seemed as first like it was some sort of celestial energy, but then there was something else, something foul in all of them, and I... look... I don't think whatever is in there is something that we want to be messing with.
5: But you said it's Celestial, right? Like, like it's when Celestial,
4: I... but fiendish and full of death and poison. It's like something was corrupted and mixed together into some awful conglomerate and put in there to be kept. Destroying.
3: Are you saying like one of them's celestial and one of them's poison? Or are you saying like a single one of them is is all three?
4: It's it's hard to say specifically. There is celestial energy in in at least two of them, but I don't think it's a good thing. I think this place is giving me heat. It smells the way it does when Strahd's around. Like evil. <laughs>
2: historians use amber, it's not something like you use deliberately. It's something you find, a relic of the past, of something what, that was preserved, just it was left. So if these are trapped in that, then maybe these weren't, maybe these aren't coffins. Maybe they're remnants. Something what? somebody done. Or cages.
3: When you say- Kazimir have oh, that and
1: go
3: first. When you
0: say they feel like poison,
4: what do you mean by that? Um, what does she mean by that? Because you said it was sort of like noxious. Is there another sort of, like, vibe that she... Like, is it, like, a Lillison thing where she can sort of, like, her, like, Lidar, um, which is detect poison and disease that she does on Lillison every now and again <laughs> it's, to it's find not, her? It's not
1: quite <laughs> poison. It, it's, it's, a The Divine Sense is strange and almost metaphorical. Um, it's, it's a sense of... rot or decay or... Yeah, like, corruption. Uh, ...light so gorgeous. fierce that it feels... Uh, like a force in itself, something tangible. Um, Each one of these has a different mixture, different sensation associated with it. It's not quite um, direct, but it is, you know, you do that sinking feeling of corruption, of uh, something terrible. uh, Those certainly come through very clear.
4: It feels like like rot. Like decay. Uh, And not like our friend here, like it's almost. It's weird because I can't feel it, but. I like.
2: Spirit?
3: Um. M- Muppet, would you mind just lightly knocking on that one at the bottom?
1: Muppet slowly steps forward and raises a clumsily curled fist and raps, uh, not smartly, whatever the opposite of that is, on the amber sarcophagus's surface three times. The sound echoes hollowly through the darkened chamber. There's no
3: response. Knocking on them is how I got, like, the attention of one of them in the dream, but that's when it ended.
5: Maybe it's not interested in the dead. Maybe it's interested in life. It's you know, like higher souls. Creatures. Regardless,
2: I don't think we want these things interest.
1: You're a cough from Casimir. Forgive me, uh, do you mind if I take a closer look at these? Uh, our friend here seems to have proven that there's no sort of magical trap waiting for us. Uh, it's possible that these might have some sort of relationship to whatever... Zarovich found here all those years ago
5: metreon kiva quickly pulls kiva the <laughs> <light in blue. laughs> yeah metreon pulls kiva in as he's saying that uh it's like, do we do it
4: yeah she's on him like white on rice everywhere he moves she is right behind with the sun sword
1: all right uh is anyone obstructing his path though
4: oh wait
0: We came here for knowledge of something and of all of the temptations of forbidden knowledge that I thought we would find here. This was a very unexpected one. She is staring at the um, amber coffin to the, the the eastmost one.
4: The way Lillison sounded like sort of snaps Kiva out of Casimir Watch for a second, and like she just gives her a glance.
3: <laughs> Should we nominate someone who is least likely to give in to evil temptations?
4: Well, yeah, he's okay. pointing at that... Kiva. Uh, I, I, I can try. I mean, I've got the Sun Sword, and and I know that it tries to protect me now with Strahd, so I can resist things, at least, or it can take over for me if something happens.
5: Oh, I was going to suggest Davian, but I guess you work too. Or you, Metreon. Yeah. I'm not
0: entirely certain that the idea is that we have to resist evil temptations so much as perhaps these things know... What sort of natures are consonant to their own? Wait, what? Casimir, what are you, um, going to be inspecting for?
1: He gives you one nod. Frankly speaking, I'm not entirely certain. But the entities within these. I understand that from what uh, Kiva said, they seem to have some sort of unwholesome aura to them but this place in general seems like it has a checkered past at best given that it's possible that zarevich himself came here and well he might have from what i've heard and there might be some secret to his power or his history buried in this place it's possible that whatever these things are i mean it's not for no reason that the folk of barovia called him the devil his powers are unearthly and it may be that one of these things holds some knowledge, some key that will let us learn more about what exactly he is and how we might be destroyed
4: i be honest I'd sooner touch it myself than that you touch it Casimir. no offense he puts oh. sense.
1: of course, uh, I don't mind that at all, I just ask that you share what you find with me just to I'd appreciate being able to have a better knowledge of this place I, I hate to sound selfish but I do have my own uh, thing that I'm searching for here and if if you uh, would like to inspect them first I don't mind that at all but it would, I would appreciate it greatly if you would let me know what you found
5: You're not searching for like the same thing that Stroud was searching for right? You're not trying to get power or nothing You're not trying to <laughs> become a new devil
1: He gives a uh, chilled bark of laughter and in that moment there's just this absolute sense of despair and an absolute lack of mirth that rings it. Sir, I assure you, I have no desire to be some sort of ruler and castle ravenloft. My sister is dead and has laid in torment beneath the earth for centuries. I'm only here to bring her back. I don't aim to kill anybody. I don't aim to control anybody. You understand?
2: Right. Yeah. and i have a thought amdi saw nearly a score of these in in her dream how are we presuming they're all in rooms like this how are we gonna know which one is Strahd's?
4: well i with my sort of sense thing i can sort of tell what sort of energy it is like fiendish or like the celestial energy so perhaps did any of them feel like him? no none of them felt like him
2: then we should move on shouldn't we? find the one that does smell like
5: him yeah
1: Casimir clears his throat forgive me but again I must at least request a, s- a mode of selfishness I'm not looking for my own purpose as anything that might resemble what Zarevich might have found here but for my own sake, do you mind at least letting me know it? it um, whatever Zarevich may have found here, it's not what I'm searching for but it's possible that one of these might hold the key to a way to bring Petrina back please Fine.
4: which one do you want me to look at
1: I uh, defer to you wholeheart- wholeheartedly uh, I'm not an expert in the ways I guess let's go with burning
4: undeath to bring back Kazanir's dead <laughs> let's try All the right. burning unlock on
1: one gotcha <laughs> Alright, uh, so you're moving over to the one in the western alcove
4: Yes, is that correct or is my direction completely wrong?
1: Nope, that is correct This is the one with the kind of undead vibe emanating from it kind of Looking it over you see the um, sliver of darkness within twist very faintly as though in delight at your approach and slowly push, straining against the opposite side of the amber pushing a small tendril of inky-black darkness against it, almost as though reaching to make contact with
4: Kiva um, holds the sun sword in one hand and just sort of like sends that vibe of like, alright we're doing this together now, and while when she sees this sort of tendril reach out she doesn't knock, but she does put her hand sort of to like meet it on like the other side of a window sort of deal
1: Okay Um You reach out to touch it, and then that moment the sliver of darkness makes contact somehow through the amber with the palm of your hand and for there's an instant of pause and then you feel a shadow across your vision a shape just out of range of your peripheral and you hear a voice whispering as the scent of rot very faintly Tinges your nostrils. And a voice says,
6: I offer to you the dark gift of Noganus, the finger of oblivion. Accept my gift, and you will have the power to turn life into one death. What say you?
4: Um she doesn't have to make any sort of like role to resist this, right?
1: It is just a quest a psychic question echoing in your mind. No one else seems to be hearing this.
4: There must be a catch to this. Who is Nord Nor- Nordic Trek? I totally cannot pronounce it. What is it? Norganis?
1: <laughs> Norganis, yes.
4: Noganus, there we
1: go. The voice rumbles. Noganus is the name of
6: he which once was. Oblivion followed the echoes of his name. Will you accept his
4: gift? She looks over at Casimir. ...and says... This one turns life into undeath. I don't think that's... Casimir.
1: shakes his head. Just looking slightly pale, but just shaking his head.
4: dear write down the name Norganus.
2: Yep. Parchment's already out.
4: She goes back to looking at the sarcophagus and just says... Uh, no. I don't think I will.
1: Do you pull your hand away?
4: Yeah, she does.
1: Alright, you feel that psychic link break, and that sense of chill, creeping rot vanishes from the back of your thoughts. The wisp of darkness just slowly returns to, to its space fluttering at the center of the
4: sarcophagus. Yeah, she hates that feeling. Um do we want me to look at the other two, or do we want to move on?
5: Let's let's go. Wait, maybe. Wait, could, why not? Yeah, I mean, well, you said that one is celestial, right? I mean, maybe it's maybe it's trapped or something. Maybe it's like.
4: I can, yeah, I can look. She'll uh, go over to the celestial one next, which I think was the one in the middle, right?
1: Yes, it's the southern alcove. It's still got a twist to it. It doesn't ring on your senses like some sort of. Holy yeah, like cordless,
4: true, but... like true celestial, yeah. No,
1: yes. All right, uh, you f- watch as the wisp of shadow strains to reach you as though eagerly reaching for your hands. Do you push your palm against this one?
4: Yeah, yeah, this time she's a little less hesitant because she understands that she can say no. So it's a little easier.
1: Okay. As soon as you make the contact, you feel this voice, this sensation appear in the back of your thoughts. And then a second goes by and it blinks and it reappears at the other side, a sensation of twisting, shifting perspective, as though somehow you cannot retain a consistent sense of whatever this thing is that you are in contact with. You hear the voice echoing, fading, shadowing from side to side of your mind as though it dances around you. I offer the dark gift of fun to be evasive.
6: Would you accept the power of evasion?
4: Uh, This one says, Fond the Evasive. Evasion's an awfully vague power. She sort of uh, asks the sarcophagus, like, what do you mean by evasion?
6: The power to avoid, to evade, to seek safety, they can never catch me. They can never catch you.
4: Will you accept it? N- uh no. No. She'll pull her hand away. She doesn't like the sound of that one's voice at all!
1: <laughs> all right, the psychic link severs, and the wisp returns to its neutral position at the center of the sarcophagus.
2: Earth looks over at Kiva, his face worried. Do you feel okay?
4: Uh, how does she feel? I mean, I feel like she feels fine you would say otherwise i mean
1: you feel like you just encountered uh someone in the middle of an alleyway who whipped open a trench coat to ask you to buy a pocket watch um uh you know about the same vibes it's very unpleasant you feel kind of greasy but not in a divine sort of way
4: how about you guys just point out like one or two of these at a time and i'll look at them but I, I really don't think doing all of them is a good idea maybe the ones that we feel have the most promising energy if that makes sense
5: i mean well yeah but well listen the the, the focus is uh, and we all due do respect you guys I me mean, the, the focus is trying to find this guild coffin right and there's supposed to be bottles in it so when we stick with that we keep our eyes on that and, you know, yeah. if we see some that maybe have a different kind of energy swirling around in it, or something that looks maybe a bit more pleasing, then we, you know, we can knock on it. And I mean, yeah. you said we can say no, right?
4: Yes, you, you can say no.
2: Yeah, and, and, and then Kiva could find, if she finds untainted celestial magic, then odds are that'll be what will raise your sister.
1: He frowns. Perhaps, though, I'm um... Forgive me, I'm not entirely certain. Um, I would prefer just to investigate thoroughly, just because I'm not certain exactly of what we'll find or what form it'll be in.
4: Look, we'll do the Strahd searching first, and I will. I have enough of this sort of divine magic that I can keep doing it maybe when we're done, but let's try to get the first things first and then come back. I promise you we will get to it. It's just. Like to use the limited magic that I have to stay on task.
2: And I can only open so many of these doors.
3: If it helps, in my dream, there were three that were physically larger than all the others.
2: Were there? Do you remember? I, mean, I, where don't, know were...
3: if I don't know if that's literal.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, your dream's typically been. Aerith stops and considers, okay, not very literal, but that seems like the sort of thing that might be.
5: I mean, that's that's pretty symbolic, though. Even if, you know, in real life, the coffins is the same size. Maybe these three things is just more important. Do you remember where they were?
3: Um, I mean, they were all just laid out in a circle. So I don't know if these are the three bigger ones and the rest are going to be smaller. I mean, these three are all
5: together.
2: Um... um only one way of finding that, I suppose.
5: Shall we keep looking? Let's keep looking, then. Muppet, lead the way.
3: Muppet leads the way um, north, after Amity gestures him along.
1: All right, which way? Is there any particular destination that Muppet is headed toward?
3: I'm not sure how far we can see down this hallway, uh, but it looks like it comes to a branching point. And there is uh, a door right so, here. Yes. And there's a door to the left. Oh, there's a doorway. Okay. Um. All right, Muppet, try the door.
1: Alright. Muppet, arms kind of swinging at the sides, lumbers over toward the closed door on the left side of the hallway. It seems to just be quietly closed. You can direct Muppet to open it if you'd like.
3: Alright, try pushing and pulling and and maybe sliding.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: It's just one of those doors at the grocery store that opens when you wave.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or it's like a garage door, like just lifting up.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Uh, But yes, Muppet is able to open the door without issue. It swings outward into the darkened corridor beyond.
2: Once Muppet has stepped inside and not gotten exploded, if he does not, if it does not get exploded, Earth will step forward to look into the room.
1: All right. Peering inside. You see that, in this chamber, furnishings made of ancient, colorless wood have collapsed under their own weight and now lie covered with cobwebs and dust. It seems empty.
2: Aerith will take a cursory look under the bed, out of habit, but then
5: back back out.
1: Are the rest of you joining him?
5: I'll stay outside the door, just making sure that he doesn't get, you know, captured by whatever monster's under there.
1: Kiva and Amity?
4: Yeah, Kiva's gonna stay uh, to the outside. Just be ready in case she needs to run in.
1: Okay. As the three of you following in your steps pass through this amber sheathed corridor, your footsteps seem to echo too many times, almost as though there's a number of member of your party traveling alongside you.
5: You hear that, Kiva?
4: Yeah. Does uh? Does she see, like, footprints in the dust or something? Or is it just the sound? Make a
1: perception check for me.
5: Can I make one, too, just because I'm, I'm with her? You
1: certainly may. Uh,
4: 21.
5: 12.
1: Metron, it takes you a moment, but Kiva, being slightly further north, you instantly notice, as you hold up a hand and the others stop around you, that the footsteps continue. Not from your immediate presence as you would initially thought but distant footsteps echoing in the darkness to the east through the branching corridor just ahead you can hear that their volume seems to be echoed by the resonant architecture of a vast empty space and that reflected across the glittering amber walls of the side corridor ahead you can see the faint flickering of torchlight advancing across the darkened floor
4: is this going in the direction of the place we don't want to go
1: it seems to be coming from the main central chamber advancing mm-hmm. you're not entirely well with that 21 i would say that it sounds like it's coming closer to the corridor not through the corridor but
4: but to follow it, it from a relative sense. To cross in front of gorillason's tower
1: You can peer around the corner if you'd like to see what it is.
4: Yeah, that's what she's gonna do. She's not gonna go in there, though.
1: Okay. You peer around the corner through the darkness. Along the sides of the walls around you, you can see the amber glaze of these... uh, of this corridor all around you. You can actually see that this arched hall that you now stare through rises to a height of 20 feet, and you can actually see just faintly as you lean forward your reflection in the amber glaze that the image doesn't mirror your movements, instead waving its arms and screaming silent warnings to you. As you peer past, however, you see emerging from the deep darkness of the temple floor ahead, traveling just upward toward the darkness where you know the statue to lie. Faintly illuminated by the flickering ember torchlight. A silhouette, the figure of a man of dusky skin with long black hair, black studded leather armor and a white fur-lined cloak around his shoulders as he carries a torch, just faintly aloft, illuminating the path ahead. He steps forward paying no heed to you, as he moves toward the place where you know in your memory the statue to stand.
4: Kiva um, does that military hand gesture of, shut the fuck up everyone, and takes a slight step in to just see if he's like going into the statue, is he just sort of like prostrating in front of it? Like, what's the deal?
1: As you watch, the man appears to pay you no heed. Instead, stepping forward toward the base of the statue now illuminated by the torchlight. The torch itself, he steps faintly on the ground, the ember flames dancing atop the stone floor. And he lifts, moves up to pull a hood from his head, revealing the long black hair spilling across his shoulders. And as he kneels before this great statue, you can see just faintly illuminated, Beneath the flickering light of the torch, the same dusky complexion that Casimir bears, and a pair of pointed elvish ears. And that is where we will end it and we'll
5: take a break.
4: You're not gonna let him eat the frog?
5: <laughs> Spoilers! Spoilers! Jeez! <laughs> <Boy>, <laughs>
4: Listen, I was very excited. I have such have that moment that I cannot wait to screw this all up by Kiva being like, oh my god, I, we have to, I'm so excited. I'm so excited.
2: Oh no, same. Oh, I have been waiting for this for months. Does this I mean that he- I can't
4: wait for it to shock Kiva so loudly that she out loud says what the fuck and spoils the party's appearance to Rodina.
3: <laughs> so if you detect animal or beast on frog, do you just get wherever Oh no. <laughs> do you get where Radon is at all times? Oh my god. He always has <laughs> one. <laughs>
4: until, until it's
3: digested. <laughs> 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 he
2: the swallows at a very That's serious cannon. place.
1: Oh my god.
2: God, that, why does this module have so many animal-related loopholes? Why is this a thing?
1: This is the secret tech of Curse of Strahd.
5: Exactly.
1: Oh, uh, jeez. Anyways, um, as always, we are going to take a quick 15-minute break, and we will be back shortly.